Welcome to the first episode of Sex for Money, the podcast about the business of writing, publishing, and selling romantic and erotic fiction. My name is Cameron D. James, and I'm your host. I'm an author of Gay Erotic Romance, I'm the publisher at Deep Desires Press, and I'm a, I'm a member of the Indie Erotica Collective. To start off this brand new series, I wanted to take this first episode to explore Facebook. In particular, the changes that are coming to Facebook and how this will or won't affect you as an author in your self-promotion efforts online. Before we dive into that, though, we need to talk about what your options are as an author on Facebook. So let's discuss the Facebook landscape. When you decide to set up an author presence on Facebook, the first decision you have to make is whether you want to set up a personal profile, a like page, or a group. Each of these has their own benefits and drawbacks. With a profile, other users on Facebook would have to be your friend to access your content and see it regularly in their newsfeed. So, as an author, particularly if you're on the more erotic end of the spectrum, you may want to depersonalize your Facebook presence. So you want to strip out a lot of the identifying details about who you are in your real life and just put your author persona on your Facebook profile. As an erotic author, I really don't want the general public knowing too much about my everyday life. I don't really want them to know where my day job is or uh, details about my family or my relationships. That's all very private, and I'm a private person. So it can be a matter of personal preference. I'm a private person, other people are not. I do know of erotic authors who have no issue with sharing personal details of their lives, and there's nothing wrong with it. It really comes down to personal preference. All that being said, I always advise caution, because you never really know who is accessing your profile and what they might do with that information and whatever photos you post on it. Have I scared you yet? I hope I haven't, but I hope I've made it clear that you have to be careful with how you engage with your audience on Facebook. For those of you who do wish to go the route of a Facebook profile, and we'll talk about the other options in a moment, you run some amount of risk if you use a pen name in your writing. Facebook has a real names policy for profiles, and you are required to use your real name on your profile. If you write under a pen name, you have to decide if you're going to create your profile under your pen name and just hope that no one reports you to Facebook, or if you want to tie your real name to your pen name and just use a profile with your real name on it. It might sound like an inconsequential risk using your pen name to create your profile. After all, who's going to care? Unfortunately, some people do care. I'm aware of authors who have created Facebook profiles under their pen names only to have someone report to Facebook that they were using a fake name. Facebook then asked those authors for photo ID showing their name, and no amount of explanation or reasoning makes it acceptable to Facebook. If your name does not match your ID, then they typically delete your Facebook profile and there's no way for you to get it back. In a couple cases I've heard of, The individual was given the opportunity to change their name to their real name, but their account was disabled until they followed through and made that change. In most cases, though, the author just had their profile deleted without warning by Facebook. So what kind of person reports an author account as using a fake name? It could be anybody, and for any reason, good or bad. 
It could even be a friend of yours who doesn't know that you write under a pen name, but sees your face on that profile with that other name. They could report it, thinking that someone is impersonating you on Facebook. But it could also be another author that is jealous of your success or out to get you because you left a one-star review on their book. Some people are that petty. It's literally that vast of a variety of reasons why someone might report your profile. can be a good reason, can be a bad reason, could be a friend, could be a stranger, could be someone that dislikes you. And once your profile is reported and Facebook deletes it, poof, your entire author presence on Facebook is gone. You have to start from scratch by either choosing a group or a page or by starting over with a profile under your real name. We've talked enough about profiles. Let's move on. A Facebook page is the next option. It can function much like a profile. You post updates and photos and other content. But rather than people being your friend, like when you operate under a profile, people instead like your page. This allows for some distance between you and your page. You can still have your personal profile under your real name and engage with Facebook how you want. And then on your page, you engage as the professional smutty author. These are the pros to a page. The cons are coming later in this episode, particularly when we get into the changes happening at Facebook. Whether or not you make it public that you manage the page is up to you. There is an option on your profile where you can opt to publicly display that you manage a page or choose not to do it. A Facebook group is your third option. You create a group, either based on your author name and book, or based on a theme, such as fairy tale romances, and people join the group. It can be a place for discussion and debate. It's like a community centered around a topic. There are pros and cons to groups as well. The first and most obvious pro is that you develop a community around your books, and these people will be your cheerleaders and will buy your books and will likely promote it with their friends. The cons list is a little bit longer. Unless you're a mega author, and I really mean multiple best-selling author, thousands of followers on every social media channel, you likely don't have the clout to attract enough of a following to make a group worth your while. I can think of very few erotic authors and romantic authors who might have this level of clout. You can get around this. You can choose to team up with other authors who write books similar to yours. Between all of you, you might have enough to get a group going. When you post in a group, you post using your profile. So if your real identity is secret, like if your job is at risk if people find out you write erotica, then you would need to use a profile under your pen name. And as we discussed a few moments ago, using your pen name for a profile runs a risk of someone reporting you and having your profile deleted. And finally, groups require a fair bit more time and energy than maintaining a profile or a page. With a profile or a page, you can post when and if you want. With a group, you would want to check in regularly to see what the group members are talking about and then participate in the discussion. That might be a no-go for you depending on your time availability or level of extroversion. I can tell you it's not my thing. Whether you choose a profile, a page, or a group can also affect how your posts are seen by others on Facebook. If you use a profile, your Facebook friends are likely to see your updates. 
Facebook likes connecting friends, so it will show your post to them in their newsfeed. If you use a page, your Facebook followers may or may not see your posts. Over the past few years, Facebook has, I believe, artificially limited and inflated the numbers of people who see your posts. This is purely speculation and opinion here, but I believe Facebook limits the number of people who see your posts and then will choose a post at random to show to a lot of people. You'll be encouraged by that huge bump in views and interactions on your post, and Facebook will offer to boost your post for a small fee. With that small fee, they will show your post to a whole bunch more people and you'll get a lot more buzz going. You figure, why not ride on that success? So you pay to boost the post. On the other hand, if you have an important post that's getting very low numbers of views and interactions, you may decide to boost that post so that you get higher numbers like you did on that other less important post. The reason I think this is artificially done by Facebook is that in my experience of managing many pages, and I manage about a dozen to two dozen uh, for various organizations and um, groups and people, so I have a fair bit of experience in this, it really seems to be purely random in terms of which posts gain popularity. I see no difference in the number of interactions, such as likes, comments, or shares, and thus there's no reason for post A to go viral and post B to really flounder when they're getting the exact same number of interactions. I think Facebook is playing with the numbers to encourage you to pay for promotion. However, Facebook has recently updated how pages appear on Facebook, and this is all up in the air right now. And that's the subject of the middle and second half of this episode. With groups, you're similarly hampered by the uncertainty of whether or not someone will see your posts. In most cases, Facebook will show all group posts to people who are part of the group. However, I have seen instances of group members not receiving any notifications or posts from groups. And when you join a group, you have the option to change your notification settings, so a group member may inadvertently, or perhaps purposely, have changed the group settings so that they only see popular posts in their newsfeed, or perhaps no posts at all. So that's the landscape of Facebook, if you're an author. You can create a profile, either under your real name or your pen name, and there are pros and cons to both. Or you can create a page which has some pros and a whole lot of cons coming up later in this episode. Or you can create a group which has a huge pro of creating a dedicated fandom or community, but the huge con that it requires a lot of work and time on your part. What you choose is totally up to you. There really is no right or wrong answer to how you approach Facebook, You just have to choose the one that suits you best and run with it. If you follow the news at all, especially during the 2016 American election uh, and the media investigation afterwards, you may have come across multiple stories about how uh, foreign governments, perhaps Russia, perhaps other places, and bots were using social media to sway public discourse in American politics to favor or discourage uh, the success success or failure of a candidate. 
Facebook and Twitter and some other social media platforms took a big uh, public relations hit for their involvement uh, in the fake news that was promoted during the election and the uh, foreign governments or foreign bodies swaying uh, public discourse in the U.S. And so Facebook in particular has decided that they do need to respond to how people engage with their platform and how their platform engages with people. And so in early January, Mark Zuckerberg released a letter that detailed what he sees as coming changes to Facebook and the importance of Facebook in public discourse and the importance of Facebook in connecting you with friends and families. It is a rather long letter um, that is vague on specifics, uh, deliberately so, I believe, um, and it can easily be found. In the show notes, I'm going to link you to a video by the Social Media Examiner. In that video, they go through that letter line by line, and they discuss what they believe that means um, and how that might impact you as a brand on Facebook. The short form of it is that if you have a page, almost all of your posts are going to be hidden from the news feeds of your followers. Almost all page posts are going to go behind the Explore tab on Facebook. And this might be a case where um, different regions are getting these updates at different times. I think I've heard rumors of this already happening for people, but when I look at Facebook for myself, I don't have an Explore tab. So I don't know where these page posts are moving. And right now I don't really follow a lot of pages, so I don't really notice the absence or presence of page posts because there just aren't any in my Facebook feed anyway. So when page posts move behind the Explore tab, wherever that may be, the average user will not see Facebook page posts in their news feed, and they are unlikely to go and click on that Explore tab to go explore what the different pages are doing. So most pages are going to see a dramatic fall or crash in their page, in their post views and in the interactions on all of their posts. Now there are a couple exceptions to this. The first and biggest exception is that posts from pages that generate a lot of natural engagement which is defined, I believe, as likes, shares, and discussion underneath the post, those ones will migrate into the average user's Facebook news feed. So some posts are going to get into the news feed, even though the rest of them are moving to behind the Explore tab. The reason that Facebook gives is that they want to have pages um, generate content that encourages genuine discussion. Um, and so the pages that do that will benefit by having their posts in the Facebook news feed, and pages that don't will suffer, and they'll have their posts hidden behind the Explore tab. I've emphasized natural engagement a few times, and that is because Facebook is going to try to differentiate between natural engagement and artificial engagement. Artificial engagement, they don't clearly define it, but my understanding of it is that artificial engagement is where you have a post that says, you can win a book, just like and share and comment or something like that. So if you are directly asking people to engage with your post, that is artificial engagement. 
Whereas if you write a post and people are engaging anyway, that is natural engagement. And Facebook is going to try to differentiate between those two. So the pages that have been using those gimmicks of like and share and you can win a prize, they're probably going to be shoved behind the explore tab. Whereas some of the other page posts that don't pull those tricks but still get the same number of engagements will go in the newsfeed. So what does all of this mean for the average author on Facebook? Well, I don't know about you, but with my Facebook page, I generally don't get a lot of natural engagement on any of my posts. Uh, And I think that's true for a lot of romance and erotica authors, and I would imagine it's true for most authors of most genres. So if you don't have natural engagement happening on your posts, your posts are not going to be seen by the people that follow you or who like you. So your reach is going to be greatly diminished. However, I do question how much of a reach the average author really has on Facebook anyway. Um, I have yet to hear from someone who has been able to say, yes, Facebook, my Facebook page has led to sales. I have not had that experience myself. I have a Facebook page. I can't tie anything that I do on there to sales or success as an author or growth of my platform or growth of revenues or anything like that. I can't make that connection and I doubt that most authors can. There are always authors out there who are the exception to the rule. There are some that do very well on Facebook. There are some that do well with Facebook ads and all the other things that I find don't work for me and don't work for most authors, there are always some people who have managed to really nail it somehow. So the whole point of why Facebook is doing this, by shoving all of the page content to the Explore tab and bringing the news feed back to how it once was, where it's updates from your friends, uh, they're trying to make it more um, more of an engaging community Uh, where you want to spend your time and less of a place where you're constantly being barraged by brands uh, and Facebook pages that want your attention uh, and are trying to sell you something. That's the plan that they have. Uh, My big problem with this is that at the end of the day, Facebook is a business. They exist to make money. They will tell you that they exist to make connection, to build community, this and that and something else. But at the end of the day, they are a business and being a publicly traded business, they have to always consider what's going to happen to their profits and, you know, they always have to raise their profits and they have to make good business decisions to keep their shareholders happy. So even though they're making all of these changes, supposedly, I don't really see much changing on Facebook because at the end of the day, they have to make money. You can't get around that. I strongly suspect that the push to boost a post is only going to get even stronger because you're going to get those rare, rare posts that happen to do very well. And of course, it's artificially done by Facebook. We'll just pick a post at random and make it do well. Uh, And because all the rest of your posts are shoved behind the Explore tab, your numbers on those are going to be even lower. So the temptation to boost a post is going to be even higher. It's going to be so high that most people who did not boost a post in the past are going to want to boost a post now. 
Facebook is going to make a ton of money on this. And because there's all these po boosted posts, they're going to clutter up your news feed. So you're going to go right back to where you were, where you have a mix of updates from your friends and family, and then you have all these posts from Facebook pages. The only difference is that almost all of those posts from pages will have been boosted. Facebook is going to make a lot more money than they used to. And of course, there's also Facebook advertising. The push to use their advertising will, of course, be even stronger than it was before because it's even harder to be found or seen on Facebook than it has ever been. So it's just, it's all about making money, to be quite honest. And that's where we come into one of our particular problems in being authors of erotic literature, whether that's pure erotica or if that's just on the erotic end of the romance spectrum. If you've ever tried to boost a post that sells an erotic book, or if you've ever tried to uh, purchase Facebook advertising for an erotic book, unless you got lucky, you will have had the experience of where they reject your boost or they reject your ad. I had one ad that was accepted for a gay erotica book, but then when I had to make an update to it, someone else reviewed it and they rejected it. It's because on Facebook you cannot pay for advertising for something that is erotic. And while we in the industry, we really differentiate between what we're doing, which is writing books, versus what other people are doing, which is filming porn, porn or um, selling sex toys or what have you. Like, they're all very different things, but in the eyes of Facebook, in their effort to be family-friendly, they have lumped us all in the same category, and so a steamy book with a bare-chested man on the cover is just as bad as selling, like, a bunch of dildos or something. That's Facebook's attitude. So... If you're an erotic author, your posts are going to be hidden behind the Explore tab and they won't, likely won't accept any of your attempts to boost a post or any of your attempts to pay for advertising. So you're not going to be able to draw anybody to your page or help people see the posts on your page. So your efforts as an erotic author on Facebook, even though they weren't that successful already, probably are going to be even less successful. So you have to consider what does this mean for my presence on Facebook. If you had a page, you may want to consider also adding a profile or a group. Um, I wouldn't give up the page because when people are looking for you specifically on Facebook, they are probably looking for a page. So it is a good idea to keep that up there, but you might also want something else. I myself, I have a page and I had a profile under this name that I had long abandoned, but when I heard about these Facebook changes and I realized that my low-performing Facebook page would be even more low-performing, I decided it's time to sort of reactivate my Facebook profile. So I've done that, and what I'm going to do moving forward is anything I post on the Facebook page will also be posted on my personal profile so that I regularly have content on my Facebook page for people who are specifically looking for me or if I happen to get lucky and some of my posts end up in people's newsfeed. But I will also be posting on my profile so that for all of those people that are my Facebook friend, um, they will get my updates. And it's been less than a week now since I have sort of reactivated my Facebook profile and I already have twice as many people 
as Facebook friends and I do who like my Facebook page. Uh, whether or not that makes any difference in terms of success with my engagement on Facebook, that remains to be seen. I'm not particularly hopeful, um, but uh, I'm always, I've always got an open mind. I'm going to try it. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to assess if it's worth my time or not, and then figure out how to move forward from there. Now, I think this whole change in what's happening at Facebook is a good reminder that us as authors, whether it be erotica, whether it be romance, whether it be any other genre, or even if you happen to be uh, a business owner of something that has nothing to do with books and you're listening to this, uh, this applies to you as well. You cannot depend on one social media outlet to be your entire platform. If you were depending on the success of Facebook pages to sell your product, this change has gone and like destroyed all of the success that you are or were going to have with your Facebook page. Um, so its effectiveness has absolutely plummeted or it will soon plummet if it hasn't happened to your page yet. Uh, the same goes for any other social media platform. All it takes is one change in policy, one change in algorithms, and your reach greatly diminishes. Um, or it could be that a social media platform that you relied on has suddenly just tanked and it's gone out of business. Uh, as much as we all love Twitter, because it seems like everybody on Twitter these days is an author, um, then if you follow the news, it sounds like Twitter is not making any money. You can only go so long without making any money. So who knows? Twitter might one day disappear. Vine disappeared a couple years ago. Um, platforms come and go. Facebook has over 2 billion users, uh, which would seem to indicate that it is not going anywhere anytime soon, and it does make a ton of money. So and in terms of business, it's not going anywhere soon. Uh, but the demographics on Facebook have shifted to an older demographic, and also people's engagement with Facebook has diminished in terms of the number of time and the quality of engagement. Um if you just look at any sort of social media report, um, there's different organizations to put them up, put them out at the end of the year. You will see that uh, the demographics continue to get older, and people spend less and less time on Facebook. Interestingly, though, people tend to spend people go on Facebook more times a day than they used to, but they spend less time on it than they used to, and that's partly because of the use of mobile phones um, because you can check in on Facebook anytime you're waiting on in line or you're on the bus or you're just looking to kill a few minutes you can open up that Facebook app so you're on Facebook more frequently than you used to be but typically you're on there for a lot fewer minutes than you used to be um, I know myself I'm usually on for all of maybe a minute just scanning through all the posts that have happened since I've last been on there uh, and then I just close it down. Whereas a couple years ago, I used to be on Facebook for 20, 30 minutes at a time, and I'd be reading all the different posts and responding to things, and it's like, I don't have time to do that anymore, but also the nature of Facebook itself has changed over the years, and it doesn't really invite that same level of engagement on my part than it used to. Uh, so... What I was getting at is if you rely on any social media platform or any website put together by other people 
as a key component to your platform, you have to be prepared that one day it's just going to all disappear. So what does that mean? That means you have to be adaptable. That means you have to, and by adaptable, I mean you have to be ready to change things at a moment's notice. So since my page effectiveness is dwindling, I've opened up my profile and I'm going to see how that goes. If Facebook would suddenly disappear, then I move more of my efforts to Twitter. Uh, Then I might look at new social media platforms that are coming out. Um, It also means that you need to make sure that you don't have all your eggs in one basket because it is hard to start over from scratch. It's easier to adapt. If you've got a plan with multiple prongs, if you've got a plan where you can make a few changes to get around whatever is happening, then that's good. It's easy to get move, keep moving forward and to adjust to the new changes. Whereas if you don't have that plan and you have all of your eggs in one basket, let's say this Facebook page is your one and only thing and that is what you spend all of your time on and then Facebook has done this change and your page posts are hidden behind the Explore tab and no one is seeing them anymore, that means you have to totally start from scratch all over again and figure out what you want to do and that takes time, that could lead to a huge drop in sales because you're not reaching your potential audience anymore. Um, And it's just a whole lot of stress. So another aspect you want to consider is that you probably want a website of your own or you want something that you control completely on your own. It can be a website, it can be a newsletter, it can be a podcast. If you're on TV or radio, it could be a TV or radio show. you know, something that you control on your own. I always recommend that authors have a website, even if it's just a very basic one that has an about you page, and then it has a page for each of your books, you need a website. Um, Beyond that, everything is totally up to you. Do you need Facebook? I would say no, you don't. I'm on Facebook. I have a page and a profile, as I've said a couple times now, but it's really not where I find a lot of success. I seem to be doing just fine as an author, but I don't really have Facebook to thank for that. Would I do better if I did better with Facebook? Possibly. Um, I'm not entirely convinced of it. Again, this is all sort of my own experience. I do know people who do very well with Facebook, and they can contribute they can attribute a lot of success to it, but that's not my experience. But those same people who can attribute a lot of uh, success to Facebook usually would say something like, but I just don't get Twitter. Whereas for myself, I get Twitter. I can do Twitter. I can actually directly link increases in sales to what I do on Twitter. There is that direct link for myself. Whereas other people I know, they just can't figure it out. They have absolutely zero luck on Twitter. So this has been the first episode of the Sex for Money podcast. We kind of covered a bit of a rambly winding path here. Um, We talked about Facebook, different approaches you can take when you're on Facebook, the coming changes to Facebook and what that might mean. And then we also just briefly talked about what are your different strategies moving forward and how can you protect yourself when it comes to these changes happening, whether it be on Facebook or elsewhere.
That is the first episode. I thank you for listening, and we will be back pretty soon with another episode. Bye.